Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 21, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We hear a live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Uh, first, um, welcome in, Richie. Here we go. First round hey, um, inside of the Queensland hub, and I thought it was a pretty good round with the exception of an unfortunately injury-plagued Warriors match. What did you think of the games? Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good round like you, mate. Um yeah, I thought from a Warriors fan's point of view, uh, we put in a really brave performance in the face of a lot of lot of, lot of adversity. So, uh, yeah, I was a really proud fan, to be honest. I thought the boys had put in a really hearty effort. Definitely. And uh, I see Mark's here. Evening, Mark. Hey, Mark. And uh, while we're here live on Wednesdays at 8pm, you can also catch our show via your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for uh, New Zealand Sport Radio. See Nigel's in as well. Hey, Nigel. Hey, hey um, Nigel. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of State of Origin 3, and our round 18 matches and picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys, as well as some questions from ourselves. Um, then we'll preview round 19 and make our picks before ending the night with a recap of Super League. Um, so remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. And... Um, See, we've got Simon and we've got Mark, um, the other Hello, Mark. Fellas. Hey, fellas. Um, evening, evening, guys. Um, we may as well get straight into the top stories of the week, Richie. Um, Let's go. I think the first one I've got is Phil Gould um, signing on as the general manager of football with the Bulldogs. Um, due to COVID, he couldn't effectively do his job that he had with the with the Warriors. Um, we've got, got Leanne joining us too. Hi, Hi Mum. <laughs> Um, yeah, so unfortunate for the Warriors, um, but it's one of those ones. I was a bit upset about the news, but I can completely understand. Um, Phil Guild obviously lives in Sydney. You can't travel to New Zealand from there, so it kind of makes his job a bit um, hard to do. Um, I know he's come over a few times and had already got some development pathway stuff set up underway and the Bulldogs have also given him the okay to continue to help 
with the development pathways for not only the Warriors, but New Zealand. So I think it's kind of a win-win. Um, there, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, win-win. It, it's kind of it kind of makes sense with the with the COVID scenario and and him not being able to spend as much time here. But um, and he, you know, he's returning to the Bulldogs where he's um, been in the past as well. So uh, yeah, good yeah. luck to Gordy. Yeah, and um, Simon said it's not surprising as he's based in Sydney. He's also asked us who we'd recommend to be his replacement, but we might hold that till the question segment because I think we could get some good ideas out of that and it'll give me time to actually think of an answer. Um, next bit of news, though, Tavita Pangai Jr. has signed a three-year deal with the Bulldogs from next season, and after denying it yesterday, the Panthers are apparently looking at signing him for the rest of this year. Um, it's just pending an okay from the Broncos. Some bit of cloak and dagger stuff with the Panthers yesterday coming out saying, no, that's not going to happen. And now today it's started to sound like it's a possibility um, with James Fisher-Harris leaving the bubble um, for the birth of his child. They're looking for a replacement. Um, it's great to see these struggling teams like the Panthers coming and being able to get some <laughs> top quality players um, into they their team. You know, they're, they're really struggling there. Um, so what are your thoughts on first him going to the Bulldogs and second him potentially going into the Panthers this year? A good pickup for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, they need some forwards. They've had so many really good uh, signings in the back line. So they need to add some starch to that forward pack to, to complement that. Um, on him going to the Panthers, you know what a denial in the media means, Brad. That means it's happening. Um, so... <laughs> Like like you like you kind of pointed out, not that they need any more ammunition, but um, yeah, might might help them with their premiership tilt. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think he'll be a great addition to the Bulldogs. I know he's had his fair share of problems, um, both on and off the field. But um, we've I have been saying for quite a while that this this Bulldogs team is looking really good, but they're lacking that oomph in the forward pack. And um, you can have the best backs in the world, but if you've got a forward pack that's just going backwards, it's not going to help you. Um, yep. We've seen that in years past with the Warriors when they've had, you know, the best back three in the comp um, and, you know, some great backs, but the forwards weren't doing the job and you couldn't get them into the game. So yep. having him and Luke Thompson in their pack, I think is going to help them out a lot. You've got Jake Hetherington who who comes in for bits and pieces before he goes on holiday. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I think I think it will be good for the man. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he can do in a Panthers jersey. Um, see if Ivan can kind of sort out his discipline a bit, um, and potentially spending the rest of the year with them um, will probably bode well for the Bulldogs in terms of the type of player they get when Tavita arrives. Um, yeah. After, because let's be honest, the Broncos have been. A tire mess at the moment it seems I feel like they might not even have a squad by the end of the year because they keep giving all their players away. Mm. But um yeah, I don't know. Let, I think it'll be better for him. Let me let me ask you this, Brad. Where do you fit him into the Panthers forward pack? Because on the left you've got Kikau on the edge. You see against us on the weekend, they're bringing Liam Martin, a, a New South Wales rep, off the bench. Uh, I, where would you where do you fit him in? I feel like he's just going to be a, a middle forward. I think he's going to take that place of Fisher Harris while Fisher Harris isn't there. Mm. Um, yeah, sure. It's he he likes to be on the edge, but I think 
if you're going to play wherever you're told to play if you're playing in that Pan- Panthers team, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. Um, I think he he'll do fine there. He's a big body. Um, he's quite mobile. He, he'd be a good good middle forward for them moving on. I think um, for the rest of the year. But um, got uh, we got Jermaine in as well. Evening. Um, Hi, Jermaine. Mark, our, our news correspondent, said that um, Aaron Woods is possibly going to Melbourne for the rest of the season as well. Another struggling team picking up players. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, we, I suppose we can't we can't really say too much because we've had a, a fair share of players come to us, but we're not sitting at the top of the ladder. Um, Melbourne have shown that they can win with most of their stars out. So to see them need another player coming in, um, it's bit funny but they're not breaking the rules um they've got up until the first of august to bring people in um and then yeah nigel's saying what's going on with the broncos i don't understand i understand letting players like moving players on but actually like saying you can go right now there's still rumors about milford potentially going mid-season as well or can't say mid-season anymore we're past that point but um during the season it's yeah i suppose at least for the broncos it can't get any worse for them so losing or uh, getting rid of these players now isn't going to really affect their their chances because they're sitting at the bottom so yeah um i it might just be clearing out but yeah i'm not sure i guess we're going to have to see what happens next year if this form continues next year it could potentially be um a coaching thing um with kevin walters having a side that he wants um Mark's we'll answer Mark's question now because he usually shoots off before our question segment. He said, um, Milford, do you know where he may end up? There's his management come out and said he's got an offer on the table from an NRL club, but they haven't said who. I think it's the Rabbitohs, yeah, myself. I've heard um, it's Rabbitohs. Um, be interesting to see there. I know we talked about it a few weeks ago that Wayne Bennett, um, said that if he was a coach of a team next year, he would be picking up Milford. He isn't the coach at the Rabbitohs next year. So maybe they've just decided to go with what Wayne said and then we'll see what happens when he gets there. I still think he's a talent. Um, I think, yeah, I think he just had too much praise. It's I, I know I've been for contradictory now because of how I rave about um, Reese Walsh. I think there was a lot of pressure put on Milford when he went to Brisbane and he hasn't lived up to it. Um but I still think he's a talented player and he's shown glimpses this year, but there was just a, a point where his confidence was at an all time low and he wasn't given the chance to try to fight his way out of it. And um, I think you get him into a new environment, you'll see him excel a bit like we see with um, Isaiah Papali'i. He, he wasn't the best. Um, he wasn't playing his best football last year. Um, and then he's, he's moved to Parramatta and he's a completely different player. Yep. Um, so yeah, I I think Milford will do well in a new environment. And um yeah, Mark's also said um Sydney Media's reporting Bulldogs and Dragons too. Um yeah, they need play both of those teams need some players. I think the Bulldogs have kind of got their backs sorted. Um we'll talk about Lachlan Lewis in a little bit, but um their Harbs might need a bit of um redoing, especially with um Flanagan not really living up to potential at the moment. So you might see a Burton Milford combo in the halves at the Bulldogs as well. You're just not sure. Um and man, other Mark. I'll call you other Mark, no offense. Um 
MILF to Parameda. Um, I heard they were interested in doing that straight away, but there's been some yeah. noise backing off on it at the moment. But um, with the news, we got some Moses news coming up about him him potentially being out for a little bit of time. So you could see him slot in there as well. Um, there's a lot of places um, that I think Milford will go before he has to go to Super League. Um, but next bit of news, we may as well go on with Jaden Sewer. Um, he signed with the Dragons on a three-year deal. Um, very good player at the Rabbitohs. Um, hasn't really had a lot of chances with the stack roster they got, but I think the Dragons are onto a winner there. I think he's still got a lot of talent and um, will provide them a lot of impact in their forward pack. What do you think? Yeah, especially now that they've sort of shaved um, Vorton out of their forward pack. Uh, you know, Sewer will bring a lot of... Um, a lot of muscle to their pack. He, he's known for his big hitting and 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 sort of changing the game with with that side of his game. So uh, it's only a positive for the Dragons, really. They um, they've not been travelling too great so far. So picking up a guy like that for next year um, helps them a bit next year. Definitely, and um, we'll go into a bit of injury corner because uh, this week wasn't wasn't kind on the NRL with injuries. Um, Xavier Savage, the youngster from the Raiders, um, he's out for the season with a shoulder injury. Um, I think it's real unfortunate for him because I think um, we'll talk about it in the Raiders game review. Mm. But I think he had he he's just been excelling um, once he's been given this chance, and I think he was really pushing um, to be their fullback going forward. I think he, he was playing really well, and it's just unfortunate to see him um, out for the season so soon. Yeah, it's it's cruel, isn't it? It's a cr- can be a cruel game. Uh, he was looking deadly, um, awesome turn of pace, and and he was making a big fist of that game there. And and yeah, it's it can be a cruel game, rugby league. You know, it's he's making a start like that, and now it's all taken away from him. Yeah, and um, on the Warriors front, Tohu Harris and Wade Egan both out for the season. Um, big losses. Um, we'll cover it quite a bit in our review of the Warriors game, but I think, um, yeah, unfortunate. They're, they're players that you ultimately wouldn't want to lose. And, um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for the Warriors, but they, they've got some other good players that can slot into those positions. So hopefully they, they smooth it over and get through the rest of the season without any more injuries. You will cover it, I'm, I'm sure, during our, our review of the game. But, yeah, it was a bit of salt in the wound after what yeah. we saw on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. And um, last bit of injury news, Mitchell Moses. He fractured his back during the State of Origin match um, and is set to miss a few weeks. Um, when I saw the headline saying that he, he broke his back, I thought I he's gone for the season. But he was confident that um, he'll be back before playoffs. So, um, good, good that it wasn't that bad, and um, kind of we'll discuss it in the State of Origin review. But it, it kind of made me reassess his performance, and that knowing that he he injured himself quite badly and still played on, and I thought played pretty well um, under the conditions. Um, what are your thoughts on that, and does that change the Eels' um, performances till he comes back? Uh, yeah. From the state of origin point of view, it definitely adds a little bit of bravery to his performance, knowing that that happened during the game. Uh, you know, and he, and he soldiered on admirably and, and sort of didn't shirk his defense. Um, for the Eels, you kind of think he's a pretty key player and maybe it will affect them, but it, it didn't seem to on the weekend just gone. 
Very true, very true. And um, on a slightly happier note in regards to injuries, Peter Hickus recovered well from his shoulder surgery and could be back as early as next week. Um, quite a surprise. I, I thought um, the time of seeing Hiku in a Warriors jersey was over, but um, he can come in um, in a batch of games that the Warriors really want to win um, to at least end their season on a high. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on Mighty Hiku coming back? Yeah, I thought I thought us seeing him in a Warriors jersey uh, wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, warms warms to the heart, Brad. Uh, Got to love that. That's that's good news, especially given especially given the injuries. We're sort of we've been hit pretty hard with the injuries this year. So um, that's a that's some nice news, uh, especially for us fans of Hiku who who get to see him sort of maybe get a nice send off. Hopefully, get a couple wins to to send him off to North Queensland. Definitely. And um, the NRL have said that the NRLW will go ahead this year, but there may be less games played due to COVID, um, depending on how that situation plays out. So um, we'll keep an eye on that and um, have all that news once it comes. But I thought better cover it because we haven't talked a lot about the um, the Women's Rugby League this season so far. And um, before we get on to the World Cup, just a little one in here. Kane Evans um, has been fined five thousand dollars for writing an offensive message on his wrist during last weekend's game. Uh, I assuming you saw it in the news. Oh, yeah. um, it's. I had an interesting conversation with um, a group of league writers that I write with, and um, they asked my opinion on it. And I, for one, don't find the word offensive. Um, it, <laughs> I knew you'd say it, that. It, it does come up in my vocabulary almost on a daily basis, but mm. I wouldn't put it on a T-shirt and walk around the street. Um, so I think I, I don't mind it, but I think it's a boneheaded move to do it when you're going to be on television, um, especially in his situation where he's not making the game day 17. He wants to get back in there. Doing things like this isn't going to help his case. Um, Cameron George came out and said that um, when he s- heard or saw of the message, he told him to to tape over it straight away. So um, when when your boss comes to you and says you um, sort that out, you know you're in the bad the bad books already. Um, yeah, he's he was in he, the naughty corner. So um, yeah, I thought I'd better cover it just in case someone asked. Um, but yeah, five thousand um, dollars. That's not too bad. Um, his teammate, Matt Lodge, got a two-week suspension for doing it in an under-20 state of origin game. Um, so I don't know if they were passing notes to each other and Lodge said that to keep his spot, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, interesting times. And um, Mark said, could we get loan players for Tohu and Wade if we need them? A hooker could be handy. I'm assuming we might be able to. I, I can't 100% confirm. I'm sure um, Mark Carter will um, let us know what the Warriors have told him when he spoke to them today, no doubt. Um, so we'll, we'll wait for Mark to let us know about that. But I don't see why not. I think in terms of hooker, this gives um, Otokolo a chance to earn some more game time. Um, I've been singing his praises all year and um, thought he did quite well in his one game that he got to play. And I, I think he can slot in there especially with the forward pack they have right now. I think um, he he could really do some damage with his running game that we haven't got to see yet. Mm. So um, I think a, a dry pitch, hopefully, against the Rabbitohs and a big forward pack 
we could see some magic out of him. Um, but yeah, um, we'll just ask the Broncos if they want to give us some more of their players. I guess they're giving them away to everybody. Um, so we'll see. Um, and yeah, Maxi Otico's player, they'll be pushing for the back end of the season. Yeah. I think it's Hope the so. right time. Um, and I think, yeah, he's got a lot of, a lot of potential and um, give him some good experience before he becomes a, a full um, member of the game day 17. I imagine for the majority of next season, um, I think you'll see him filling in that number 14 spot potentially. Um depending on how the forward pack goes. You've got Jazz there as well, but Jazz um, doesn't like being hooker, so it makes more sense to have Otacolo there and um, put Jazz on your bench as a second-row lock um, option as well. Um, but the last bit of news is about the Rugby League World Cup. Um, as we said last week, the Rugby League um, World Cup was confirmed to go ahead, but um, the New Zealand Rugby um, League chief executive, um, Greg Peters, said that... Um, New Zealand's involvement is going to be conditional on the COVID protocols. Um, we're going to cover it a little bit in Super League later on, but every week we're seeing Super League games cancelled because of COVID outbreaks. And um, we've seen how strict, on a positive side of things, how strict the NRL have been with like Sydney's breakouts and Victoria's breakouts and the numbers they're getting on a daily basis compared to the UK, um, they pale in comparison. They're getting thousands in the UK. So I don't see the NRL being that comfortable letting any of the NRL base players go. And if the NRL players, we covered it last week, um, if the NRL players don't um, go, it's not much of a World Cup. So it'd be um, interesting to see what happens. Yeah, for me, if, if that tournament is missing a whole host of NRL players, it takes a pretty, pretty big amount of sting out of the tournament for me. You know, it's that you want to see at a at a tournament like that sort of the best of the best players they're competing so you know if we're not seeing that uh, <laughs> it'll be a real shame yeah and to see paul's decide to join us now um we might have to dock his pay a bit for being late but um we'll, we'll, we'll see <laughs> what we can do um but that's all the news we've got so we may as well get straight into the reviews we've got um little bit extra with State of Origin, but um, we'll, we'll kick off with um, State of Origin. I don't mind talking about it this week, Richie. Um, Queensland got the win, 20-18. to 18. Um, No shutout for um, New South Wales this time. I think it, it just came down to missing Cleary and Lulawai for me. Um, and I think it's hard. Um, they've already won the series. So you can say that, you know, you want the shutout and you want to win every week, but when that pressure of winning the whole thing's kind of out, and potentially it lets you take a step back. I, I can't say that. I'm not in the, I'm not in the squad. But um, I think Queensland looked a lot better um, with Ponga in the team. And I think if they can keep Ponga out there next year, it'll be more competitive. But I still don't see Queensland taking out Origin next year, unfortunately, as a Queensland fan. I think New South Wales are just too good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with your sentiment about Cleary and Luai. Um, the first two games, New South Wales attack just looks so fluent with them at the helm and and then piecing together a halves combo of Moses and Whiten who who don't really play together too often, well, at all. Um, New South Wales just look to be lacking that same execution they had in the first two games. 
with uh, taking that into account and then Queensland obviously improving with, with uh, Ponga there and, and uh, thought Ben Hunt had a really good game. Um, it, it even yeah. things up a lot where they were able to stay in the fight and then and then edge the game. So good for Queensland to avoid the sweep. It doesn't happen very often. So, you know, it's you, you want a good competitive origin series. So hopefully it bodes well for them. Uh, in the following years, even though I love seeing New South Wales win, you, you want to see it competitive. You don't want to see, um, well, depends, you know, it was enjoyable watching the first two games, but from a purist point of view, that's you want State of Origin really competitive. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, you don't, I'm not going to say you're going to run the risk of it becoming boring if New South Wales put cricket scores on every every week because the New South Wales fans are going to be happy. Um, mm. But it just makes it a bit more of an interesting, interesting cons, contest if it's a bit more competitive, especially as a New Zealander who has a team, um, much like yourself, we have teams that we support. But if Queensland get hammered by New South Wales, I don't get upset about it like I would if it was the Kiwis or the Warriors. Um mm there's still not that um, connection. And I've got friends that, depending on who's winning at the time, will change who they support. So, um, yeah, it's as long as it's competitive. And I think it will be once they, um, if they have everyone healthy next year. And um, you, I, but yeah, I still think New South Wales have probably got their hands on this for a little while longer um, while they've got Lulawai, um, Lulawai and um, Cleary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, yeah, Mark's mentioned as well the New South Wales outside backs, especially Turbo and Latrell, missed the service they've been getting from Cleary. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just that combination. They got everything moving well, and I think um, you kind of upset the card a little bit um, with the new guys coming in. But it gave them some experience in a game that you don't want to say it, but a game that didn't really matter. Um, if they lost, um, they still had won the series. So you get um, Mitchell Moses. A bit of experience uh, on the big stage and um if something happens and you need to bring him in next year he's at least got those nerves of playing origin for the first time out of the way mm. what what did you make of the ending um with you uh, you're a great rugby league mind brad um if you were in the coach's box or the captain would you have fired off a penalty shot from 50 out or would you have kicked to the corner and 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 try to make a go of, of a, getting a try. I'm a prop. I don't like penalty goals at all. <laughs> you know, kicking, kicking's cheating. Um, so, no, I don't know. Um, if you had the confidence, go for it, I guess. But yeah, I, I always like seeing tries. So, um, yeah, it seemed kind of low percentage, um, a low percentage play kicking from halfway. You don't often yeah. see it in league. It's more of a union thing, but. You know, live and die by the sword, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Nigel's just said um, Australia's future in rep footy um, is looking good. It's getting, yeah, this Australia, um, you, I think I said it after the last Origin game, Richie, but um, you could basically put that New South Wales team in a kangaroos jumper, and that's a pretty impressive team. Um, mm. That would be hard for many teams to beat. So um, they're always there and thereabouts um, anyway, but, yeah. I think they've really got some young talent that are um, going to make it hard for us Kiwis um, when we have to face the kangaroos. But um, we'll we'll get off State of Origin now. I won't I won't make you relive this too much. But you won the picking comp. Um, 
two one. Um, very easy when we just pick the team we support. Yeah. Um, I might I might be a bit sneaky with it next season and um, pick who I think is going to win instead of going with my heart. Um, so we'll see what happens. So um, and before we move on to round eighteen, Simon said hypothetically if a World Cup does happen, I think Australia will clean everyone out. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how it feels every World Cup. Really, um, you go Australia is probably going to win it, but hopefully someone can upset them. Um, but yeah, it's, I think I think they'll take it out, um, providing they actually go. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it and, and see what the World Cup status is in terms of NRL players going up. Um, so we'll go into round eighteen now, which started on Friday, due to state of origin, with the Eels defeating the Titans twenty six eight. So um, we mentioned Mitchell Moses um, being injured. We didn't know the severity at the time, but he was rested. After Origin, we were told, not the fact that he was injured. Um, but it made me think that the Titans might have had a chance. Um, but to be honest, they didn't fire a shot. And I was particularly um, disappointed with David Fafita's performance. Um, yeah. What do you think of this game? Yeah, he had very low output, didn't he, um, for, for what he's capable of. Um, yeah, this this game sort of signed off the Titans for good this year, in, in my mind. Um, you know, the game was pretty much mostly over by half time. Um, and, you know, the Eels just did their thing. Um, Titans didn't even look in it really. So it, it didn't look good for, for um, their slim prospects of making the finals. And, and again, you know, they're conceding a fairly hefty amount of points without the Eels having their f- first choice half back and, and, you know, not even sort of clicking to the heights that they are possible of clicking too so yeah um i thought reed marnie played really well um, he was great yeah he he was causing plenty of headaches up the middle um he scored a try and yeah he's just really electric um out of the ruck and yeah caused plenty of headaches and kind of makes up for not having your halves when you got your hooker able to dominate like he did and um i think the titans it didn't help them that kevin proctor got simbined um we know um we know on the grub. I, I don't think it was simp and worthy. Um, I think mm. it was just, it was an unfortunate, it did by the rules. The tackle um, was a bit dangerous. Um, but I think I was getting confused about which guy they were going to send to the bin because yeah, him, uh, Proctor and Herbert had a leg each and you could have mm. potentially simbined either one of them in that situation. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of... I disagree with you on that one, Brad. On, on the of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> well, I thought it, he, he did land on his head, so I think sin binning was fair. But just I like you, I thought it was weird that as Proctor Proctor got sent, but Herbert had almost an equal involvement in that tackle. So, yeah, how did they pick? Yeah, how did they pick Proctor? I mean, or do you send both of them? How do you, I don't even know if you can send both of them. That would have been a, a groundbreaking one. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, they both had equal part in it. So technically you probably should have if you're going to sim yeah. them. But yeah, um, I don't think we've ever seen that happen before. Um, and yeah, Mark's mentioned, considering he didn't play Origin, he should have been primed for a big one. Um, this money. is David yeah. Fafita. No, oh, David Fafita. Ah. Um, five five runs in 60 minutes isn't good enough. Yeah, and um, uh, NRL Fantasy, news aside, I picked him as my captain this week, so he didn't help me out. Foolish, um, Brad. Yeah, but yeah, very disappointing, especially um, with the money he's paid. He's their million-dollar man. Um, 
it just looked like he wasn't there. Um, he at that money, um, we've said it as Warriors fans when I've in my writing been very critical of Sean Johnson in the past when he was with us. When you're getting paid that level of money, you've got to be consistent. Um, yeah. and um, as with a halfback, you can kind of say, well, they can't do it because their forwards aren't doing the job. But when you're that forward, that you you're in control of doing your job. So he's got no excuse. Um, and I think if he's going to give you like two weeks of standout performances, then a couple of weeks of poor performances, um, the Titans might be in some trouble um, for the next couple of years. They might have found that they've um, they've bought a lemon, um, as I horrible think, as that is to say. I think that just shows why why those sorts of contracts are normally reserved for halfbacks and fullbacks, uh, Brad, rather than edge yeah. forwards, you know? I mean... Yeah, like you say, some days Fafita comes out and can score three tries, no problem. But being an edge yeah. forward, some days the game just doesn't flow his way and, and he looks like he's got zero output, like on the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, though. That big money needs consistency. Yeah, and a guy like Fafita, you find if you, you make the ball flow his way because of what he can do. So yeah. um, you if, if the ball's not coming his way, he needs to ask for it. So... Yeah, disappointing. Um, but seeing the Titans lose kind of helps us out in the as a Warriors fan um, with where we are on the ladder. But uh, for next game on Friday, we had Seagulls defeating the Dragons 32-18. Uh, Seagulls came into this match without Tommy Turbo and Daly um, Cherry Evans. Um, so I was a bit nervous um, after picking Manly, uh, Manly going, oh, this might be one where the Dragons come in and sneak another win. But... Um, the, the Seagulls did really well. Um, mainly, I think, you know, Dragons had um, five of their players serving their suspensions, yeah. Yeah. Um, which kind of helped um, even the playing field. And I think Josh Schuster um, stepped up in a big way. Um, he was good. He, mo- he moved into the halves. Um, he had two try assists, two line breaks, and six tackle breaks. He's played a lot of football in the halves. And last year, um, before you joined me on the show, I was talking a lot about him potentially moving into the house full time, depending on how foreign would go when they announced that foreign was coming back. Um, and I think he, he'll, he'll be a half eventually, but while foreign's playing well, um, it doesn't hurt having him out there on the edge and having him getting reps. So if something like this happens, he can step right in. But um, yeah, he, he's definitely a talent for years to come. And um I think the Dragons, they, they were leading 14-12 at halftime, but they just fell away um, in the back end of the game. I think Ben Hunt kept them in the hunt for a little bit, pun intended. Um, but, yeah, they just couldn't hold them out for the 80 minutes. Um, I think Manly is still my Smokies for the playoffs, but um, the Dragons, hopefully, they continue to slide. So the very small little sliver of chances the Warriors have in making the playoffs keeps alive. Yeah, I um, we've seen how Manly normally go without Tommy Turbo and 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 this time Cherry Evans as well. I th- so I think Manly caught the Dragons at a pretty handy time with all their suspensions. Um, but yeah, I thought their halves did step up really well. Schuster, like you say, and and Foran guided guided them to that win. I thought you'd I thought you'd like the look of Schuster there, Brad. He's a it's it's funny seeing a big man with that with that much silky skills. Probably a little bit like looking in a mirror for you, isn't it? Pretty much, um, pretty much. Um, 
we're, we're very much alike in our playing style, I'm sure, except <laughs> for the kicking, because kicking is cheating, and <laughs> I, I never bothered to learn it. Um, but yeah, very, very impressed with their their performances. Um, Consider it. It seems like a. It seems like years ago, the start of the season when they were like the worst team in the comp, um, getting like fifty points put on them every week. Um, mm. It's just so so changed, and it's good to see now that even with Tommy Turbo not there, um, they they are actually competing now. Um, last week or the last time it, it didn't work, but um, it's good to see that they can actually play without him now. So um, yeah, good for them, and yeah, I think they they might surprise a few teams once they get into um, playoffs. Yeah, mostly go team Brad. Yeah, best best player to never play, I tell you. <laughs> um, but um, that takes us to the first game on Saturday with the Roosters defeating the Cowboys, um, thirty four to eighteen. Um, thoughts, um, despite the Cowboys getting eighteen points here, I thought the Roosters controlled this match quite easily, and Sam Walker. Um, he, he was really good, um, and the Roosters, he kind of just blew um, the game away in the last 15 minutes. Walker scored a try and set another two up and um, kind of silenced the critics he had for his running the length of the field in the wrong direction the week before. I um, think he really did well, and I think um, Victor Radley and Isaac um, Louis um, were really damaging in the middle, and um, for the Cowboys, they missed Valentine Holmes. Um, and I think um, Hamisa, uh, the Hammer did a fair job at fullback. He's actually out injured as well now, which is unfortunate for the Cowboys. Um, they they stayed in the hunt, and then when Jason Tomololo came off the field, that's when the game was lost, really. My opinion, they, they kind of lost the edge and never regained it. What did you think? Um, much like the Titans, this game, for me, signed off the Cowboys for the year. Um, you know, the, they've had a little bit of a lean period now. And, yeah, losing Valentine Holmes is, you know, it's a blow for them, one that they didn't really need. Um, the Hammer coming in had some really nice plays, and, and he's a big talent, and he would have been a decent fill-in. But, yeah, no, it's – it's um, I think that's the Cowboys done for the year. And the Roosters just yeah. keep keep doing what they do, you know, with a patched up squad. Um, we've yeah. talked about it all season. They, I think, there's a good winning culture there with with Trent Robinson, Trent Robertson at the helm. No matter what sort of adversity gets thrown their way, they they still find ways to win games that, you know, would like when you look at us, for instance, we we have had plenty of injuries this year and. I think it's affected us on the field with a lot of close results, but the Roosters still seem to find a way to win those winnable games. Yeah, um, they've still got a lot of talent there, of course, as well. But yeah. losing losing your halves um, generally isn't a good good start. We saw what happened when the Warriors lost their, their go-to halves. It kind of derailed us quite quickly. Um but yeah, um, I still that they will still make the eight, obviously the Roosters. But I don't see them yeah. going deep. I think we saw a few weeks ago when they played a proper like top four side, they were kind of showing up. Um, so I think we'll see the same once again into playoffs. But yeah, full credit for them for doing as well as they have um, with the amount of guys they've lost. Um, but that takes us to um, the only game we had different in our picks. The second game on Saturday. 
Raiders defeating the Sharks 34-18. So you got me on this one here. I, I thought yeah. um, I thought the Sharks would get the job done for me, but the Raiders, I think, played really well. Um, we mentioned earlier about Xavier Savage being injured yep. for the rest of the year, but he was a standout in this game. I've got his stats here. He, um, he got the match-winning try. He had two line breaks, and he ran for 246 metres. Um, we talked about it at length, but the amount of young talent that have emerged this year um, NRL wide has um, been fantastic. It's good to see another guy there and um, be interesting to see next season what happens when Chance is back healthy as well. If they mm. decide to move Chance into the centres to let Savage um, be out the back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good problem to have um, as yeah. opposed to struggling to fill a spot, having two really good players there. Um but yeah, what do you think of the Raiders' performance here, and I guess the Sharks as well, because they were there too. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really cool to see Savage do his thing. He he looks a pretty prodigious talent. So if the Raiders want to flick us chance for next year, well, I'll take that. <laughs> um, it's good for the Raiders on a, on a couple of levels. Um, one that they got out to a lead and didn't blow it. So that's a positive for them. And it's the first time this year they've gone back-to-back. So, you know, as shaky as as their season has been, um, you know, maybe now they're heading in the right direction towards snaring an eighth eighth spot or seventh spot um, to, you know, to cement a place in the finals. Yeah, they've kind of put themselves in the driver's seat for where they end up now, which is the position you want to be. Um, You Mm -hmm. don't want to be looking at relying on other teams to get you into the the playoffs. But um, before we move on, I, I, I'll bring up my thug corner again. Um, the eight-point try at the start of the game, um, yeah. what do you think? There was uh, apparently a high contact. Um, I was watching it on my giant screen in my lounge, and I couldn't see it. I saw um, nothing. <laughs> but it, it looked like Rapana didn't know either. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a bit of a tough call. It didn't yeah, cost the Sharks a game by any means, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Even the commentators were, were questioning it, but um, yeah, I yeah. I didn't see anything there, mate. I thought I thought it was really weird to call an eight point try there. Uh, it was a try, yep, thumbs up, but I didn't see much intentional foul play there, which which would make the refs rule on an eight point try. I thought it was a really strange one. Yeah, and um, yeah, as we said, the Raiders um, got the job done and keep themselves in control of potentially making the eight and the Sharks need to go back to the drawing board and make sure they start winning again. Otherwise they could slip out because they're in that, that dreaded number eight spot. So um, yeah, be interesting to see how they go this week. Uh, But that takes us to kind of rinse and repeat that we talk about every week. Um, Saturday storm match storm one against the Knights 48 to four. Another week, another large victory. Um, Still not the full strength storm side either. Um, they just make football look easy. It's, it's. Um, I'm very jealous, very jealous of Storm fans <laughs> that they, they just know how to win. Um, they were leading 42-0 at one stage before the Knights even looked like scoring, and I think the the Knights scored around the 56th minute to finally get on the board. But the Storm are just too good. Jerome Hughes um, is playing possibly his best football that he's had in his career. Nico Hines continues to impress. Um, they got the Cowboys this week, so um, they've got a huge chance of posting at least 40 points again 
um, with how bad the Cowboys have been as of late. And I think for the Knights, there's not really much to say. They've got Ponga back, but they've lost Mitchell Pierce now. And um, But it's really hard to judge a team when they're playing the Storm because it doesn't matter who the Storm are playing. Um, they do this. They do this type of score. If they're playing the Knights, if they're playing the Warriors, if they're playing the Eels, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They do the same thing. So it's really hard to judge how the Knights are faring. Um but yeah, I think they're going to miss Pierce Streetville. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It, it doesn't tell us a lot about the Knights at all, Brad. I, don't, I can't recall ever seeing a team in this stretch. What is it, 14 games now? Is it 14? It's 14 or 15. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing a team go on a on a run this dominant in terms of not not only just winning but the amount of points they're scoring and yeah they're just playing ridiculous footy and you sort of run out of things to say about them. It's it's yeah yeah as a team performance it's just ridiculous and and like you say Jerome Hughes, Nico Hines, the Cheese, they just keep churning out all these phenomenal performances and and it's really hard to look at another team that might that that could tip them up for the premiership this year you know obviously the the panthers if they get their halves back and not a lot outside of that (laughs) panthers are fantastic but i don't think they they have a chance against melbourne if they're playing melbourne now and this week ryan pappenhausen comes back so um the team gets a little bit stronger um so yeah by the time you get into finals football they they should technically be a hundred percent full strength again and i'm scared to think of what a full strength storm team would do right now um Mm, it is scary great if you're a melbourne fan and the warriors have don't have to play them anymore this year so that's a bonus um but speaking of the warriors the first game on sunday we saw the panthers defeat the warriors 30 to 16 um Warriors six loss in a row, but I thought they played well, Richie. Um, what do you think? I thought we did. You know, I thought we were very brave in the face of, of a lot of adversity. Losing, what was it, three, four, four players before halftime, and not any players, you, you know, your, your marquee players, RTS, yeah. Tohu Harris. Uh, you know, we lost... Egan out of our spine, and then and Barry as well. Who I thought Barry was going really well and looking dangerous. So yeah. it was just yeah. that first half was just kicking the teeth after kicking the teeth after kicking the teeth, and 
yeah, I saw it really hard for us to to maintain the intensity that it would take to to get us over the line. But the shifts that uh, Fanua Blake and Lodge put in were outstanding. I thought uh, I was pasting it all over Facebook too, but I thought they were really awesome. And going forward, what a great propping. Let, let, I'll let you take the floor on that one because you're the you're the expert yeah. on prop play on prop play. What did yeah. you reckon? Um, yeah, I thought they were fantastic. Um, we were texting but, throughout the game, and when yeah. the injuries happened, we we're like, ah, oh, oh no. And I think I said to you and um, to everyone I was watching it with at home, said, um, you know, they were behind sixteen ten at half time, and said they're in the hunt now. But the last twenty minutes of the game, they'll just disappear and it'll be a blowout. Yeah. And that yeah. didn't happen. Um, in fact, I think the last 10 minutes, the Warriors were the better team. I think they were pushing more. Um, but, yeah, props, sorry. Um, Matt Lodge, fantastic. Love him. He he was outstanding. Um, I think we were talking before the show, which, you know, said there were times in that second half where it kind of looked like he was playing as a halfback. He was mm. slotting into first receiver and being a bit more of a playmaker um, Fanua Blake did get a little bit of a rest. I think he got like four minutes. Mm. Um, great effort. Um, it was it was the heart. I think like the chips were down. I think um, you know you're out there playing those longer minutes, which you're not used to playing. Um, thankfully, they do have Lodge and Fanua Blake, who with Manly and with Brisbane, we're playing 60, 70 minutes. It's the first time Lodge has played a full game, mm. but. Um, at least you weren't um, stuck with props that play 40 minutes and then you could maybe tap them out at 50 because I think then you might have seen some issues. But then you had like Lee and Armel and stuff that had to play um, long minutes and they didn't drop their heads either. I think it was really good effort. Mm. And um, Mark's mentioned, um, yeah, Coruscant's knees to Reese Walsh's head, strange that he shot going to a penalty. Yeah. Um, I don't want to sit here for an hour and talk about the refereeing, but I had some choice words um, that I was saying to the TV because um, I felt it was a bit inconsistent. Um, there was when the Coruscant thing happened, they stopped the match and then they gave a, they put Matt Lodge on report for something that happened at the other end of the field instead of putting Coruscant or punishing Coruscant. And it was a bit confusing for me. Um, but yeah, that Walsh, man, he can play. Um, yeah, this was the game you got to see. I know we, we've been ranting and raving about how amazing this kid is, but I think in this situation, you actually got to see what he can do. Um, he didn't have Roger out there to lean on. Um, we had Surinan playing in the halves, and he kind of just stepped up and became that half, even though he was in the back. Um, really put on some good opportunities. Um, just, yeah, and Mark said he's a tough kid, yeah. Tough, uh, he, he doesn't look tough, I'll give him that. He he looks like your, your typical pretty boy back that um, you guys all look like. But um, <laughs> he just, um, yeah, he gets hit all the time, gets hit hard, gets hit late, gets hit high. He just gets targeted and he keeps getting up. Um, I know we talked about it a few weeks ago that Fitler kind of called him out saying that he he's a, a milker but i don't think that's the case no um but yeah fantastic um i haven't been that happy after a loss in a long time bar the fact that we um lost some key players for the rest of the season 
You know what I um, really enjoyed, Brad? I think we've spoken a bit in the few weeks prior to this, how having Reese Walsh there sort of, whenever he plays, he makes a massive difference to our attack. Yeah. Um, now with Lodge, it's kind of like, oh, man, I wish we got him earlier in the year because it's like he's done the same thing for the forward pack. And um, he's got us attacking like we used to, like Warriors of old. I think it was eight offloads, something like that. The second phase, that's that's what we've always thrived on. And, yeah, exciting for next year. I was really loving that. Yeah, and Mark and Nigel have um, just commented about the Tyrone May um, rubbish on the sideline. So after a kick, Tyrone May kind of dragged Reese Walsh to the sideline and gave him a bit of a tussle. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it, but what I didn't like more was Cooper Cronk's comments on it, where um, – Cooper Cronk basically put all the blame on Reese Walsh and said if he wants to be like a a top tier player in the NRL, he has to get rid of that rubbish. And I felt like he wasn't the instigator in that scenario. He was no. trying to get back on the field and May was dicking him around. And um May kind of showed the character picking on an 18-year-old and then running away as soon as Fanua Blake came over. Um, which was another good thing to see that Fanua Blake you know, those forwards are there to protect um, the little guys in the backs and to have their backs. So to see that Fanua Blake was there, he was a bit slow, but he's a prop and um, he was a bit tired. So I'll give him a little bit of leeway. But yeah, you shouldn't be doing that type of stuff. I know I'm the thug of the show and it's probably something I would do um, in fairness, but <laughs> um, it's not something you want to see happen, um, especially in the NRL, um, especially when it's not needed. Um, I think um, yeah. I think Cooper Cronk forgets that there's photos of him circulating around the net, uh, choking Cam Smith on the ground. So he's not exactly got a clean rap sheet. <laughs> that was that was deserved in fairness, but um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, as they say. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and Paul said, having Thug Brad on the show is why Richie and have to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm getting a bad rep. I don't like it. Um, I just like I like physical football. What can I say? There's no such thing as a head-high tackle in my eyes. Um, <laughs> but we'll go to the next game on Sunday, which was the Tigers defeating the Broncos 42-24. to We both got this game wrong. Um we both picked the Broncos, and I thought they had it. I thought the Broncos had it. Um, they were they were playing pretty well, and then it just looked like they um, ran out of gas, in all honesty. With like 20 minutes to go, it was still neck and neck, and then the Tigers just went on a rampage. And um, I think Adam Dewey played really well, returning to the Harps. Yeah. Um, there was a good – Ken Mamalo, I think, set up a good try for um, junior – I always get his last name wrong, um, so I'll just call him Junior. He used to be a, a junior warrior as well, so another good yeah. warrior player doing well at the Tigers. But, um, yeah, thought, <laughs> Mark said keep being you. Yeah, appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. Um, and I think for the Broncos, I think Payne Haas um, yet again stood out on a losing side, but he needs help. Um, getting rid of Savita Pangai Jr. isn't going to help him in that department. I, I kind of struggle to see another forward that they have that can really step up and help Payne Haas out right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Broncos are basically just um, just in the um, getting ready for next year 
talk. Like, I think they know they might be okay and not get the wooden spoon this year, and I think they're just coasting and focusing on next year, um, which you can probably see with the fact they're getting rid of everyone. Yeah. Uh, before talking about the game, just on Paul's comment there, for all the thug talk, Brad is just a big teddy bear. That is not true. He is worse in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, this game showed why the Broncos are where they are. Um and probably why they're doing a roster clean out. You know, I can come yeah. in now and I, I can guarantee the Broncos are preparing for big moves in the market and they want to shake up their roster because they don't want to, they're the type of club that doesn't want to be winning wooden spoons and threatening to go back to back with wooden spoons. And yeah, when you're getting 42 points put on you against the Tigers who are only just above them, yeah, it's not good signs. So, um, yeah, but to, to the Tigers' credit, uh, in the second half, they really put it on the Broncos, and it's not like they've got a final spot to play for. They're, they're sort of out of contention too. But you know, after well, after, after some of the flack they've copped in the media after that performance against Melbourne uh, a few weeks back, you know, it's, it's it shows they've still got a bit of fight in them, and and you know, when they show up, they can still do a bit of damage to some teams. Yeah, believe it or not, after that win, they actually do have a chance of making the playoffs. Um, they won't, Brad. It, we'll beat them. They they won't, yeah. They'll lose to the Warriors and it'll be all done and dusted. But, yeah, Mark's mentioned that um, Broncos are missing Carrigan's work rate and he likes their two young back rowers in Jordan Ricky and TC Rabadi. Um, yep. Unfortunately, Rabadi got injured, but I think he's been great this year and Jordan Ricky has got star written all over him. Um they're just green at the moment. I think, you know, this year will be a, a huge learning experience for them. And then next year you'll see them really start to um, set a platform. And, yeah, having Carrigan back will help as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was looking at that game going, like, we already had just watched Matt Lodge. As I imagine um, he was playing at his old home ground. And I can just imagine the Broncos fans going, you know, would have been really good to have him out there for us today. Um, mm. but yeah, it is what it is. They they like to let players go, and we'll keep taking them. Um, so we've got Walsh and Lodge. I'm sure there's another one there that we can pick up that will be another superstar. Um, but that takes us to the last game of the round. Uh, Rabbitohs squeaking home against the Bulldogs 32 to 24. Um, this was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, with the Bulldogs leading 12 10 at half time. And then um, Lachlan Lewis had a, had a Brad moment, I guess we'll say, since we're going with that <laughs> that type of story. Um, it's rumoured he was told to go back to reserve grade, and he decided to have a, a little bit of roly-poly with Cody Walker as they were going into the sheds. That saw um, him get simbined. And um, they, they kind of stayed in the hunt a little bit, but the Rabbitohs just decided to play football in the last 20 minutes and scored three tries to kind of take the game over. Um, but, yeah, Mark said there, the Bulldogs showed fight. I think, um, yeah. I think it was a great effort from them. I think uh, – I'm not going to say that Simbinning cost them the game, but I'm sure a lot of the, the players would have been giving Lachlan Lewis the side eye. Um in the change rooms afterwards. But yeah, um, Mark's also put there that um, Lewis just did what everyone wants to do with Walker. Yeah, Walker <laughs> yeah. seems to like everyone the wrong way. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised. Um, 
I think if you didn't get an automatic sin bin for throwing a, a, a punch, I think Walker probably would have had a fair few of those in his career as well. Um, he just, yeah, he knows how to rub people the wrong way, that's for sure. But yeah, um, Bulldogs, they showed a lot of fight. They just lack, I don't I don't like saying it, but they lack that class to kind of finish games off. They're, um, mm. they're, they're a few players short, but as we talked about earlier on, they've got some good players coming in next year. And I think if they can keep that fighting spirit, along with that talent they're getting, they're going to be competitive, that's for sure. Mm. The Rabbitohs, I think, were missing a few people through injury um, during the game too, almost like we were. So yeah. that, that probably hurt them a little. But, yeah, the Bulldogs did show did show a lot in that game and, and almost, you know, I, for, a, for a moment there, kind of almost thought maybe they could pull off an upset and the Broncos yeah. shortened it like that. The Broncos would have hated that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did think the halftime thing was was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny, um, and Mark's quite right. I think it's just a lot of people want to do that to to Cody Walker. Yeah. What, what what did you make of it, mate? Do you think that's a fair sin bin, or what? It's kind of like whistle already gone. I I know what you think. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a silly thing to be sin for. Yeah, but I think the stupidity in doing it deserved it. So I mm. will side with them this time. Um, sure. that it was valid. But, yeah, I think it's just stupid. Um, mm. Just a stupid thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't – yeah. It's a silly thing to be Simbin for, but it's completely his own fault. Um, you can't bite in. There's, sledging happens all the time. I think we talked about it pre-show. Um, what was said to him wasn't anything that special. I've said worse and I've heard worse. Um, so you just <laughs> – you just don't bite to things like that. Um, if you get upset that someone said something to you, you make them regret it on the field. Um, got a lovely story that involves a broken bone that I won't get into um, when a halfback said something bad to me. Um, but, yeah, we won't go into that. So we'll go into our picks and the ladder. So you bet me this week um, getting that um, – Raiders Sharks game right, and we both got the Broncos game wrong. So I ended up um, six out of eight, and you were seven out of eight, which means we leveled up again 96 out of 136. So um, all leveled up. I got to lead for all of one week. And um, Paul, have you got our ladder there, or we'll just have a look? There we go. So um, still no no changes in the top four there with Melbourne, Penrith, Rabbitohs, and the Eels. Roosters are, are sticking at fifth, Manly at sixth. Um, it's basic. I'm pretty sure that's the same eight as last week. Um, Dragons and Cronulla holding on at seven and eight. Newcastle at ninth. Titans, despite the loss, staying at 10. Canberra is up to 11th. Cowboys are above the Warriors at 12th. We've fallen to 13th. Tigers sitting 14th, Broncos, Cowboy, uh, Broncos, Bulldogs sitting at the bottom. The only confidence I can get out of it is with the NRL people saying the Tigers have a chance of making the eight. It means that the Warriors still have a chance. So it gave me a little bit of confidence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm still on the same pro thoughts that I had last week where potentially the Dragons and Sharks could fall out and the Raiders... We did say the Raiders and Knights, but I think with Pierce out, I think the Knights are probably done. So mm -hmm. I'd say I still see the Dragons flipping and potentially the Sharks and Raiders going in. Um, 
it's but still it changes every week. It's still yeah. wide open at the Brad. See, I was writing Gold Coast off, but they're actually sitting in tenth, and and you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility. I just don't see them playing the football to get them there, or if they do get there, I don't think they'll do anything. But um, yeah, it's still very wide open all the way down to to us, provided we. It's hard to see us making it because I kind of think now we've got to pretty much win every game from here on in. So, yeah, it's still wide open, though, very much. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, Max Max mentioned it. Um, said if we put in the same effort this week, um, we'll get the rabbits. I kind of have that yeah. feeling, too. Um, I feel so. like if, if they... Um, if they can do what they did against the Panthers and seeing what the Rabbitohs did against the Bulldogs, they look ripe for the picking. So mm. um, um, it, I have I have all my fingers and toes crossed that we, we see a performance like that out of the worries again. And um, Mikey said, usual search from the boys. Yeah, it's we, we've seen it before. We've seen the Warriors kind of kick into gear and either – just squeak in or just miss out and leave you with a woulda, coulda, shoulda type moment. And we could see that again. Um, I know you don't want to use the word, but after the Rabbitohs game, I'll say it, we'll put it on record. The rest of the games for the Warriors look definitely winnable. I know you don't want to use that word anymore, but um, <laughs> they are all potentially winnable games. They're playing the Bulldogs, they're playing the Broncos, the Titans, the um, I think it's the Dragons as well and the Raiders. Um, so they're all they're all games they can win, but they're also all games they could potentially lose. Um, especially mm. if the Bulldogs pull through a, a performance like they did this week, or the Tigers like they did this week, they could cause a bit of trouble. But um, yeah, makes it interesting. Um, it, it's better than being right at the bottom and saying our season's over. We're just yeah. waiting for next year. There's still a little bit of hope. The only reason I don't want to say that word, Brad, is because every time I've said it this year, we've ended up losing that game. So I don't want to say the winnable word again. I'll put that one on the shelf because I feel like I'm jinxing us. But, um, yeah, I kind of agree with with what Mark said. You know, that same effort we put in this week, if we'd put that same effort in during all of that stretch of, of games we lost closely, I guarantee we would have come up, come out on the right side of the ledger more often than not. Yeah, and um, that's a good point. Um, Simon said he's looking at different NRL ladders online and they've got Canberra 9 and Newcastle 10. I got this picture from the NRL website, but I'm looking at the NRL website right now and they've changed it as well. Oh, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Um, did, that's. Did you have the right round? It says it says the right round at the top. Oh yeah. Um, so it could have it might have been a graphics error when they released this ladder um, when I grabbed it earlier. So yeah, it's a bit of a switch. Canberra up the top. So um, yeah, Canberra's still in the hunt. Um, yeah. But that's the ladder. So we'll go into questions um, before we have our questions. Paul, do you have the questions from the audience? Um, yeah, I know there a, was one. Got a uh, got got a couple of questions. Um, one, uh, what do you think of um, the uh, new uh, the Raiders' um, fullback curse? Yeah, it's unfortunate for them. Um, they've lost two two really good ones um, right now. I I feel like almost every team um, has got an injury curse of some kind this year. It feels um, 
But that, yeah, that, it's it's it definitely hasn't helped their campaign. That's for sure. They really missed Chans early on. Um, I think if they had Chans in the early stages of the season, they'd probably already be in the eight. Yeah, that that fullback jersey in particular has almost been a bit of a poison chalice for the Raiders. It's somewhat like the um, twenty eleven World Rugby World Cup with the All Blacks number ten jersey. So um, hmm. they've, they've had that same kind of luck. Yeah. And then uh, the other question from Nigel, um, Phil Gould brought up this week about Parramatta being a grand final winning team. And instead of winning winnable games, they should be concentrating more on how to beat the top two sides. Uh, thoughts on that? And how, and uh, can they do the grinding games they need in order to win a premiership? I think they had potential to be a grand final winning team if Penrith and Melbourne didn't exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I, th- I get what he means. I, I, I get what Phil Gould means. Um, they definitely have the talent there to do the job, but I don't see anyone beating Melbourne um, at the moment. Um, they, they Parramatta have the bones of a good team there and they will keep that team for next season and stuff. Um, so they definitely have the shot. And we've seen it. You look at 2011 when the Warriors made the grand final, we weren't given a chance of getting there. Um, when you get into that play of football, um, you're only as good as your last game. So if they can get a get a good performance on and get themselves into that situation, then who knows? Um, mm. That's a very sitting on the fence answer. <laughs> but, I'll say you're only as good as your next game, not your last game. But anyway, that's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and okay. I, cool, that's it I do, from, the, from the chat. There was an earlier one um, before you came on. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Um, it's um, it was it was about Phil Gould again. Um, I, I can't find it, but it was um, who would be a good replacement for Phil Gould um, in that development pathways job that the Warriors have now that he's left. Um, may as well let you answer that question, Richie, because I still haven't got an answer yet. Well, I didn't put too much thought into it, Bradley, but what capacity is Gould able to stay on in that in that sector? Like, he's not completely gone from that, isn't he? Oh, from what I understand, he still can do some work in that area for us? He still can. I think it's more like an advisor role now where he, he can give them thoughts and suggestions, but you're not going to see him travelling to New Zealand to help them. Um, I don't have all the details, but I know that they have hired people at his suggestion to help um, in terms of an overseer, it's really hard to find someone that's got the credentials he has. Um, yeah, not a lot, not a lot, not a lot of people do. Yeah, so I really don't know um, in terms of a, a rugby league mind that could fit in that would want to. Um, so yeah, because Simon said because ideally you need someone that's in the country, hundred um, percent. Especially we we don't know what's happening with COVID. Um, you don't really want someone that's in Australia that has to travel here. Um, what about um, somebody that used to do really well with our, our junior league over here, Ackland? Yeah, Ackland's really the only one that pops into my head as well. Um, mm. he, he he has a proven track record with the, the juniors. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Potentially a guy like him could come in and take the bones and the 
the idea that Gould has put in place and run with it. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that's probably the only answer, um, Simon, is probably Acklin. Um, it's, it's a limited pool for that type of job um, that we have in New Zealand because if we had the talent um, in New Zealand that could do it, it would already be in place. Mm. Um, you would imagine. You'd imagine the Warriors and New Zealand Rugby League would have got the person that could do it if they were already here. But I think Ackland's probably the best in terms of that. But um, we may as well go into our questions, Richie. They're both Warriors ones. Oh, yeah. We've got Mikey's one first. Sorry. Do you think the boys are better prepared than most for the away trip? Um, I think so. The only problem I have, it's something we haven't brought up. Um, the Warriors haven't won in Queensland since 2019. Um, so that doesn't help them. But I think in terms of everyone having to move into this hub, the Warriors and the Storm, to a lesser extent, have already been doing it. So I think they're most adjusted to this environment. Um, it will be interesting to see in a week or two's time how some of these teams that have had to come into this, how they fare. Um, uh, going a couple of weeks without seeing family, if their performances drop or go mm. up. But yeah, I think they're there in the driver's seat in terms of knowing what to expect because they've been through it. Um I think they've been through um, probably a lot more than a lot of these other clubs will ever probably have to face um, in terms of the situation. So I think they're probably yeah better prepared than most. What do you think, Richie? Yeah, I mean, I guess in a sense they we are prepared for you know the unpreparable really with the last couple of years we've had. Um, I think. We haven't had a home ground, home ground for a couple of years, so the boys have been in camp with each other for a couple of years. So um, I think in that sense, Mikey, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, we're kind of in a position to be able to handle that sort of thing because, you know, not a lot will changes in the sense that the boys will still be in, in a camp together and, and it should be business as per, in theory. Yeah. Um. So we'll go into our questions. Um, I'll go with my one first because my one I think is a bit quicker um, than yours. After Tohu's sure. season-ending injury, do you think the Warriors brought him back too early last week? Um, no, not 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 in a sense because I think Tohu's one of those. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, Brad, but yeah, he's one of those guys that's super important for our squad. Um, He's just that workhorse that gets through so much work and kind of like Mannering was for us for years, you know, the, the glue for our pack. Um, yeah. And I don't think they would have rushed him back if he was really, you know, if, unless he'd sort of passed protocol, fitness protocol saying he was able to play. So I think yeah. we just had a, had a wretched run in that game and, and we had a lot of unfortunate things happen. So, um I feel for Tohu because, you know, obviously he's just come back and, and he's an important player for us. So to do an ACL as well, is, it's not a nice one. So, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think we brought him back too quick. I think it's just unfortunate. Yeah, fair enough. And um, there's two things before you ask my question. Um, Simon's said that he sees the NRL's changing channels on Saturday for a couple of weeks um, due to the Olympics. I didn't know that, so that's good. Um, but yeah, but unfortunate. Um, I, I, 
the Olympics are great and all, but I, I still like my league. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'll just have to keep a bit an eye, eye on what channel the games are on so I actually get to watch them properly. Um, and, yeah, two from Nigel. Uh, Nigel said, with all the HIA rulings and all, is it time to see a six-man bench? I don't think we ever will. I, I don't. I don't have any reasons why they shouldn't, but um, I think they probably, they like this fast game and I think having the four helps them um, get that excitement because you get fatiguing players. And if you have six, you could probably push it out a bit more. You'd probably see more, I was going to say, you see more interchanges being added before they did a six-man bench. But if all your players go off with an HIA, having more interchanges up your belt doesn't help. Um, we had plenty left over after after our game this week. Um, but, yeah, I don't see the NRL doing it, but I don't mind it. Um, and, um, yeah, Nigel also said the first injury was shoulder, the next one was a knee, yeah. So he injured his shoulder um, in that first game and then did his ACL in the second. Yeah. So they weren't correlating injuries, but, um, yeah, I've got to think of clever questions, so give me a little bit of leeway, guys. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and Jermaine said unlimited interchanges and, um, (laughs) yeah, that's not bad. I think, I think you might see a a bit of a divide between the top and bottom teams there too. If you have your top teams able to continuously just roll out all their talent that they've got, um, it it could make things a bit of a mission. And Simon said Sky Sport 1, Sky Sport 2 and Sky Sport Select will be the channels the NRL will be on. That's not too bad. Um, then, um, as long as it's not on Sky Sport Nine or something in the in the dark dungeons of Sky Sport. Um, but your question for me um, before we move on to round nineteen, Richie. Oh yeah, okay, Brad. So let's get back to the prop talk. Um, the boys put out an outstanding performance on the weekend, Lodge and, and AFB. I'm talking about here. Um, Seeing what you saw from them, knowing what juice they have in their engines, would you give them more minutes per game? Um, and what would your ideal prop rotation look like for the rest of the season? Um, yeah, I I think at the moment they're doing like 50, 60 minutes already, um, which is quite a lot. I, I don't like it when they kind of both come off at the same time. I think we saw yeah. that in their, their first game together. When they both came off, the Warriors lost a huge bit of sting. Um, so I, I'd still be happy with anywhere between like 55 and 65 minutes. Give them, give them a, like, even if you give them a five minute spell on each side of the half, um, or but stagger it. So maybe mm-hmm. Fanua Blake comes off um, first and then then you bring Lodge off a little bit later when Fanua comes back on and then have them both back on together at the end, but have it like just staggered in the middle. And my prop rotation, um, I think Lisa Armel is a solid prop that should be out there. Um, he He's not flashy. He's not going to be popping offloads like Lodge and Fanua Blake do or um, get thousands of running meters, but he's very consistent in getting what you need done. And I like Bunty. I think Bunty gives you that that crash bang. Bunty's kind of that perfect prop in that slot. If you do do like five or ten minutes on either side of the half where Fanua and Lodge are off and you bring Bunty in a bit, um, like my favourite player of all time, Paliasina. When Paliasina was in the Warriors when they had Wiki and Price, 
You had Price, you know, Price could play 80 minutes every day of the week if you asked him to, but you had Price doing that um, steady, consistent running, and then you brought on um, Palisina for 10, 15 minutes to just run from the back of the fence, um, do some damage, and then go off, going, you've got 10 minutes to do everything you can, make it count, out you go. So I think Bunty is the closest to that we've got in the roster. Um, so I'd be happy with that. I think, yeah, Lisa Armel and Bunty, Lodge and Fenua, um would be my rotation. Um, Good. That's Be- what I would do. Beautifully answered, Brad. See, this is why I ask yeah. you these prop- propping questions yeah. because the, the reply you give is always top draw. Yeah. We should just make everyone a prop. It's the way to be. Best position. <laughs> um, usually the best players as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, that goes into our round 19 games and our tips. If you've got the draw, Paul, um, I'm asking a lot of you tonight. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, we've got on Thursday night, we've got the Eels and Raiders. I've gone with the Eels here. I know no Moses and Raiders showed a bit of punch, but I think the Eels will get the job done. Yeah, I think so too, mate, which which will make things interesting for Canberra, who have started making a run towards the eight or two on the two on the trot. So, but yeah, I yeah. think the eels the eels might be too strong there. Yeah, and I think um, Friday night's games are probably pretty easy too. We got Roosters Knights first. I've gone with the Roosters. Yep, Roosters. Um, just no Mitchell Pierce, a bit of a bit of trouble, and then yeah. um, Cowboys Storm Storm easy um, easy no, storm. No, no reason required. Uh, first yeah. game on Saturday, we've got the Rabbitohs Warriors. Really hoping for a Warriors win here, but I think the Rabbitohs are going to get it done. I think um, they'll want to prove themselves after getting so um, close to an upset loss against the Bulldogs. They might have a bit of a point to prove. Um, mm. But they've lost a couple of key players, which um, could help the Warriors. But the Warriors are playing without Roger as well. Um, but, yeah, I think I think um, Rabbitohs here. Yeah, I really want to say Warriors. And if we show the same intensity as we did the week just gone, we're a good shot. But depending on who you ask, um, I'm copying Brad or Brad's copying me, but I went <laughs> I, I went Rabbitohs. <laughs> um, and then uh, the next game is Manly versus Tigers. Um, I'm going with Manly. Manly looked good last week. They got DCE and Tommy Turbo back this week. So I'm expecting a big fight out of the Tigers, but I think, Manly with those two out there are just going to be a hard team to stop. Yeah, normally this year when you've seen the Tigers go big and get a nice win like they did this weekend, um, the same thing doesn't happen the following week. And it's up yeah. against Manly with Turbo back, so Manly for me. Yeah, and then uh, the last game on Saturday, we've got the Panthers versus the Broncos. I've gone with Panthers. Um, I still think they looked patchy against the Warriors here, but I think the Broncos... Have been horrible and they keep giving away all their players. So um yeah, I don't think they're gonna have a chance. Yeah, nah, Panthers for sure. Yeah, and then the first game on Sunday we've got the Dragons Titans. I've gone with the Titans. Um I never like these Dragon games because I always seem to pick the wrong one. But um I think I think we'll see a better David Fafita this week because I think he's been kind of highlighted for the lack of effort. And that was the word they were using, though, effort. So I think mm. he'll, he'll have a point to prove. And, um, yeah, the Dragons, I still just don't think, are worthy of a top eight position. 
Yeah, here's where I'm going to sound like I'm really contradicting myself because earlier in the show I said I'm writing off the Titans. This game will have a pretty big bearing on the eight, um, and I think the Titans will win it. Yeah. And um, then the last game of the round, we've got Bulldogs, Sharks. Um, I've gone with the Sharks here. I think the Sharks, um, they know their, their position on the ladders on the line, so they'll have a point to prove. And um, the Bulldogs, they, they have that fight, but they don't have that fight for 80 minutes. So I've gone with the Sharks. Yeah, I went with the Sharks too. They're more to play for for them. You know, they're, they're, they're sitting there in a position to um, solidify seventh or eighth. Um, and the dogs are just rooted to the bottom. So um, Sharks for me. Yep. And then before we go, we'll, we'll got Simon's pick. Simon's picked the Raiders by six, Roosters by 16, Storm by 44, Rabbitohs by 14. Um, Seagulls by 10, Panthers by 26, and um, Titans by 8, and Sharks by 12. So basically the same as us by the, the Raiders, but we, we know he's a Raiders fan, so we'll give him a bit of bias there. Um, That's fair enough. And I know we're running a bit long the show, but I'll quickly just cover a bit of the Super League. Um, Wigan Warriors um, have signed three players this week. They've signed um, Patrick Mago from the Rabbitohs. They've also signed Kate Ellis and Abbas Miski, um, all on a two-year deal with a third-year option. Um, getting um, some good signings there, and um, they certainly need it because they haven't been playing that well. Um, Lee versus Warrington game that's meant to be played this week has been postponed due to COVID, um, further strengthening my point on questioning the World Cup. Um, I and Simon, Simon's put us there. Um, I completely missed it, which shows how great I am at getting the news. St. Helens won the Challenge Cup against Castleford. Yes, Do you know did. the score, Simon? We we may as well let you get the um, all the points here. So if you've got the score there, let us know, because I completely missed it. Um, but while we're waiting for that, Leeds have signed Aidan Caesar on a two-year deal. Um, he's been playing well for Huddersfield, and he actually he played well in the Combined Nations All-Stars team um, that defeated England last month. So a good pickup for Leeds as well. And um, then they had the short round, which was probably the right time due to the Challenge Cup. So um, they only had three games, which were catch-up games that were postponed due to COVID earlier in the year. So um, Catalans defeated Leeds 27-18. Um, um, Salford defeated Wakefield 24-14. And then Wigan defeated Huddersfield 14-12. So um, the only three games plus um, the Challenge Cup final. And then this week, there is only a handful. Uh, there we go. Um, we've got um, St. Helens defeated Castle 26-12. Um, but yeah, round 15, we've got um, the first game is Huddersfield versus Hull FC. Um Lee versus Warrington has been postponed. So that is gone. Um, then the next game up is Leeds versus Salford. Then we've got St. Helens versus Hull KR. Wigan versus Wakefield Trinity. And Catalans versus Castleford. And see Nigel said thanks, guys, as always. Absolutely love the show and go the Warriors. Um, thanks for watching thanks, again, much. Nigel. Thank and, you, Nigel. Um, yeah, always, always back in those Warriors. Um, hopefully we get a bit of luck coming our way. Um, but anything else you want to add before we go, Richie? Uh, just thanks to to everybody for tuning in and throwing you some really great great questions tonight. Um, and be sure to tune in next week. We'll paint some more layers onto the um, the man, the myth, the legend, Brad the Thug. Uh, 
we'll, we'll add some more layers to that. <laughs> um, oh, we got more news from Simon before I, I do the sign off. Oh, see, I'm fighting. I'm fighting Paul in the background here. Catalan Dragons might not have their home games on TV due to disagreements with the broadcaster being currently renegotiated. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to write that down so I can get more info for it because that will no doubt not be fixed by next week. So I'll look into that um, and get more information and we'll talk about it next week. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Um, for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into the show next week at 8pm on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And um, thank you again for joining me tonight, Richie. And good night, thank everyone. You. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.